What's up, everybody? Nate Lurie back with more of We're the Inspiration. With some dark humor and brutal honesty, we're exploring the absurdity and the normalcy of living with disabilities. Stories are told on this show, everyone's is different. One by one, we're telling as many as we can while bringing you the most entertaining podcast about disabilities you'll ever hear. This week, I got another return guest that I first met while promoting the podcast. She wanted to tell me about her son who had an extra Y chromosome, which at the time was a condition I'd never heard of. So welcome back to the podcast, Nikki Guthrie. What's going on? Oh, thank you so much. I'm so happy to be back. When you invited me back, I was so excited. I'm like, let's do this. I know it's kind of under odd circumstances, considering it started off a Facebook post, but you can tell us more about that. First of all, we should lighten the mood a little bit off the bat and say that it's very on brand for us even at the second recording to have to reschedule because <laughs> we, we were talking about doing this last week and things kept happening for you and for me and yeah things get crazy nowadays you really can't schedule anything and expect it to happen on time <laughs> no not really no which is why i'm so glad i only do one of these a week anyway <laughs> Oh, gosh, yeah. If you did like three, you would be going crazy trying to figure out a time to do anything. Exactly. So last time you were on the show, we talked a lot about your son, Eric, and his life in school and how you pulled him out of it and you're his teacher now. And if people want to go back to that, well, your name's on the previous episode, so right. they can find it. But what I wanted to do was talk about Eric's life outside of school a little bit. And I always kind of knew that you would probably be back on the podcast because you had a very positive attitude the first time. And I just like that. So, <laughs> yay, that makes me feel better. It's true. But the reason I invited you back on was far from positive. And yes. what I mean by that is. As we're doing this, a little over a week ago, I remember it was August 8th because it was the day before my birthday, you had sort of ranted on Facebook a little bit about something that had happened to Eric. And I want to read this word for word. And you've given me permission to do so before we yes. really get into it. This is exactly what you wrote. It really saddens me that strangers see Eric stimming or just being different and still shake their heads in disgust. My son is autistic and we embrace his individuality. I will not change him to make strangers more comfortable. I will not give free passes for judgment, but I will educate you to the ends of the earth. If you see a human jumping, hand flapping, or just being a little louder than normal, please don't be rude about it. We are all different. Let's embrace the unique. Hashtag accept differences. Now, let's just get right into this. What happened to make you post that? I don't post a lot of things like this on Facebook. Right. So I'm sure by seeing that, you would know something happened. And to someone, it may not be a big deal. But to me, it was absolutely terrible. And I just simply went shopping me and my mother and my son. And we're going through the electronics, which makes Eric very happy. He loves to be a gamer. 
He loves to collect DVDs. That's his thing in life. And he did get pretty excited. And when he gets excited, he stems. There's a lot of involuntarily almost shaking all over. He likes to jump. He likes to maybe squill a little bit. It's nothing that I consider outrageous, just a little bit more than a normal tone of someone talking. So we're leaving the electronics section and we're walking through the store and he's holding my hand. And my son is eight, but he is really big. We went over this. XYY boys are very big. Right. He's jumping. He's really happy. He's kind of, I'm so happy. And I look up and a few feet in front of us is a couple, an older couple. And my face meets her face. And she looks at me straight in the eye and shakes her head in disgust. She looks at me, she looks at Eric and starts shaking her head like, oh. and it just killed me. I don't get that a lot anymore. I got that a little bit when Eric was younger, before he was verbal. People would do that head shake. I can't stand it. It makes me feel like, oh, I'm a terrible mom, or he's being a terrible child, or I'm not getting onto this child for jumping. He's eight years old. I'm like, children do that. They're going to jump. They're not meant to sit still. And this woman turned and walked away like it was no big deal. I'm going to judge you. It doesn't affect me at all. So my mom looks at me and she's like, did that just happen? Did she really just shake her head at us in disgust and at Eric? I was like, yes, she did. And she was like, does she not realize that he's autistic? And I'm like, of course she can't know. But something in me just lit up. I'm not a very aggressive person. I'm not a loud person. I don't like making a scene. But there's something when it comes to Eric, a fire lights inside of me. And I just cannot control it. So we get a few feet from her. And she's walking the opposite way. Doesn't even know I'm back there. And I look at her. And I'm like, he's autistic. Is that okay? And she turns and she looks at me. And like, what, what are you talking about? Why are you being rude to me? And her husband never turned around to look like he was used to this, but he was so embarrassed. He just kept walking away, never acknowledged us. And I walked away. I didn't stop to say this. I was still walking as I walked past her and said that. And that was terrible. I feel I really lost control of a person who, is supposed to be an advocate for my son, but it hurts so much because she was judging us. She was judging my son. And in a flash, I saw in my mind, everything that he's been through since he was a baby. I saw him as a baby, having trouble sitting up, having trouble walking, me going through early intervention when people were telling me there something might be wrong. I saw him going into speech therapy the first time and he couldn't handle it. And the speech therapist didn't know what to do and just kind of looked at me like, oh, you can't control your child. And us leaving that therapist, him crying, me crying, and then go down the road and we finally found a therapist that we liked. And then him starting pre-K, you know, special needs pre-K for two years and then going into school and then me working with him and then eventually getting occupational therapy and physical therapy and him just now graduating from physical therapy, eight years of all of this just flashed across my mind in that second. 
And I'm like, how can she be judging us like this? I know she doesn't know us, but everything that I've been through with Eric, everything that he's accomplished in just a few years he's been on this earth was just thrown to the ground in one second of a stranger judging me and shaking her head in disgust. So I thought about it and it was bugging me and I came home and I was like, I didn't handle this the right way. It should have been different. She shouldn't have been that way. I shouldn't have been that way. And I got on Facebook and I was like, look, don't judge other people. Don't judge my son. Uh, if you see a human, because eventually my son will be an adult doing this. If you see a human, no matter what age, being a little louder, having involuntary spasms of hand flapping or jumping, do not look down on them for it. They're self-soothing themselves from stimulation. This is them. Let him do his thing. Let him soothe himself to be able to be in this world. And I'm not going to change that. I'm not going to send him to something like ABA therapy, which is terrible, to make him different, to make everyone else more comfortable. I want him to be himself in this world. And if someone's going to judge him for that, I will educate them. I will tell them, hey, look, he's not going to change. You need to change yourself. Your view of someone that may be different needs to change. Do not judge them. You don't know them. You don't know their story. And this little shake that you just did is going to send a mom into chaos and hurt her soul for weeks after. <laughs> so that's why I did that post. And I got a lot of good feedback on it, thank goodness. Because so many people that don't know that someone may have anything or be autistic they can't help it it's who they are it's not some bad disease it's just him he was born that way and i'm not going to change it and you know you said that you got a lot of good feedback which is great but yeah you know for my own part i was like come back on my show and talk about it <laughs> that know? was the very first comment i got and i was like Yes, that actually made me feel better. I was like, yes, I have this outlet that I can actually say what's going on. Absolutely. You know, not, just, not just screaming on Facebook. I actually have an outlet to say, hey, quit judging people. Let them be them. Let's go back a little bit. I wanted you to rant like that, but what is ABA therapy? ABA is Applied Behavioral Analysis. ABA is the number one therapy they recommend for anyone that may be autistic. And it basically teaches this person that anything they do is wrong if it's a child and they're not acting in a way considered appropriate for the world. They'll get their favorite toy and hold it 10 feet from them and say, oh, until you behave this way, you're not getting this toy. Oh, you will cry and you'll scream and you'll do all this and punish them just for a behavior that they don't feel is appropriate. So it's, it's all terrible. like negative reinforcement. It is. The same man that started ABA was in gay conversion therapy. Oh, the God. same concept. It's terrible. And I know this is a whole different thing, but if you're a parent of a child that is autistic, listen to autistic adults. They have lived it. They will tell you. What is going on? They'll tell you that ABA is terrible. They have nightmares, PTSD from ABA therapy. Please, I don't care if doctors, doctors know a lot, yes, but they have not lived this life. 
talk to an autistic adult and let them tell you how terrible and what it's done to them. If a doctor recommends ABA and you get online and you meet an autistic adult that says this caused me to have panic attacks, please do research and don't do it. And that's my number one thing with Eric. He probably shouldn't, to some people, be in a store and jumping up and down. You expect my child to go to therapy and punish him for a month until he cowers down to not jumping in a store? That's ridiculous. It's him stemming. That's his way of coping. Do not put your child in a therapy that's going to punish them for being who they are if they're not doing something that's hazardous to themselves. Just because, you know, the whole world thinks it's weird or different doesn't mean it's really that bad. Accept them for who they are. As you can tell, I'm totally against ABA therapy. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad I clarified what it was then. because <laughs> I'm going to say nothing against it, but yes, everything against ABA therapy. And if you're a parent who has your child in ABA therapy, please watch what's happening in their appointments. Do not step out of the room. Watch it, please. Because to be that was a have PTSD as an adult because of this, it's absolutely terrible. And look up some of the quotes of the man who started this therapy saying that a person with autism is not really a person. They're just parts of a person and that you have to put these people back together to be a human. He said this about children, that children are little monsters. And I'm like, you want someone who created this therapy with a therapist with this kind of idea? My child is not in pieces. My child is a human. See, this is one of the reasons I'm glad to have you back on the show because... (laughs) Honestly, the one quote that you just recited from the guy that started ABA therapy, yeah, there is that attitude about just about every disability you can imagine. Yeah, exactly. And I can't speak for anybody with the challenges that Eric has, mm-hmm. but, you know, for me... I go out in public like he did that one day that that you told the story about, and I might get a lot of questions about my disability or whatever, and that's a big part of why I started this podcast in the first place. But you go to the people that have the more severe types of disabilities, and Mm -hmm. if someone's with them, the attitude is, why did they bring them out in public? Why didn't they just oh, leave them on. home? It's true. But I, I would go insane on someone if they said something like that to somebody. Even thinking that, that's terrible. You're a human. The discrimination that anyone gets, that's not what society considers perfect. It's insane. I don't know if they're scared of what they don't understand. But don't come at it with fear. This is a human they do the same thing as you do. They live, they breathe, they eat. Come on. I don't know if it's fear or not. It's definitely a lack of understanding all across the board. It is. It's a lack of understanding because people don't have the same disability that I do or that Eric has. Right. And again, I it's one of the reasons I started the podcast because... education. Well, yeah, education, but it's not even something people think about until they're faced with it. That's what I was thinking as well. It's something that you've heard, 
but until you know someone that's lived it or it's happening to you, you don't get a clear understanding. You don't think about it. You don't have to think about it. And that's the sad part about everything. You know, if I hadn't had a child that was autistic, I would understand a little bit, but I wouldn't understand what I do now. It's not that you don't have to think about it necessarily if you don't face it firsthand, let's say. Yeah. But if you face it secondhand like that lady did in the store. Yes. And I know calling her a lady is a relative term, but whatever. Yeah, that's a nice way of putting it. (laughs) Yeah. But if you only have to deal with it secondhand, what happens? Assumptions are made every single time. Exactly. And that's what people need to understand. As in Eric's case, if you see a child that may look like they're acting up in a store, this may not be them acting up. And there's the stigma on every child is terrible. Their moms are not what. No, that's not how it always is. That's what I tell people about children as young as like two years old. If you see a two-year-old screaming in a store, they could be just two years old, tired, hungry. They don't want to be there. Or they could be speech delayed. Eric went through so much when he didn't have his speech. Frustration. That child could be frustrated. But in this case, as you said, he saw something that excited him. And yes. The weird thing about that is his excitement, like happy excitement, Mm-hmm. ruins somebody else's day. Exactly. And that's crazy. Exactly. He got excited. It's almost like a seizure. I don't want to put it exactly that way, but it's so involuntary spasms. If you get so excited or so overwhelmed or just anything or upset, you get these stems that are ticks. You can't stop them. There's no way of stopping them. And you shouldn't stop them. That's his body regulating itself. So this woman, what sees I don't know, a child that's jumping around is actually a child having stems. Kind of connecting everything. But the woman you saw in the store would probably be in favor of ABA therapy because she would be the one to say, look, can't you control your son? She's one of those do anything it takes to get him into control. So I'm not uncomfortable. And he looks like he should just stand there like a little soldier and not make a move. Like, that's not my child. The one thing any eight-year-old shouldn't have to be sitting still or standing still like that. And they don't have to be out of control. But they're not meant to stay still. They're children. No eight-year-old really knows how to behave all the time. No, they're not going. That's them. They learn through exploring excitement. They're not going to stand still. They're not meant to stand still. That's another reason why I do homeschool. So he doesn't have to sit in a desk for eight hours a day. Children are not meant to sit in one place all day. They're meant to explore and get up and move and jump on a ball while we're teaching or anything like that. So when you see a kid in a store, don't expect them just to stand still like a little soldier. Let them be a child. It's not hurting you. You don't know them. You're going to be at home soon in your little cocoon. You're not going to see these strangers ever again. Just let it happen. It didn't hurt the woman, but she likes to pretend it did. Oh, yeah. It really inconvenienced her a lot. (laughs) For that five minutes or whatever she was in the store. Oh, yeah. Just for the few seconds she was walking in front of us. Just enough to turn around and give us that evil head shake and stare. 
judgment. Oh, those eyes could just glare right through you. Every kind of negative thing she was thinking was just bouncing right into us. It's sad how just a simple head shake from a stranger can throw your sake so off and make you feel so bad. I want to lighten the mood by telling a story about something that you really shouldn't see in stores, okay? Okay. I forget what year this was, but I was getting my dad a birthday card. And so I go into a drugstore where they have a lot of cards. First thing I see when I enter the drugstore is this young man and young woman making out near the magazine racks. (laughs) I'm like, that's interesting. (laughs) I move on to the cards. Usually doesn't take me any amount of time to pick one. So I'm there for like two minutes or whatever. Who do I get behind? The ones that were making out at the magazine racks are in line now. I'm right behind them and I see them like grabbing each other's butts and stuff. Oh, Yeah, and so they pay for whatever they bought. I pay for my card. I go outside. They're making out in the parking lot. Oh, wow. I start (laughs) laughing, which was enough to distract them. And here's the punchline. They got in separate cars when they left. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) That makes sense now. I was thinking, what is going on with this couple? Okay. Oh, wow. Which means either they met there, which is a far-fetched idea, or one of them said to the other, hey, baby, you want to go to a CVS and make out? <laughs> hey, whatever floats your boat, right? Let's go to CVS <laughs> and get freaky dicky. <laughs> so that's an example of something you shouldn't do in public, not something that would come naturally to someone like Yeah, Eric. that's something that is a little different, <laughs> I think. <laughs> a little smooch. Okay, but come on, guys. Keep it together a little bit, you know, (laughs) unless you get to your car. And again, I just told that story to lighten the mood. I don't even know what made me think of it in this context, but that's hilarious. Yeah. Inappropriateness in stores. (laughs) That actually beats our story a lot. I like to hear that more. (laughs) It beats that being old lady at the store. God, could you imagine her reaction if she saw that? I don't want to imagine her reaction, but. At least they were being quiet. Oh, yeah. I want to know what they've been What kind of aphrodisiac they've been doing. Let's not dwell on that too much. This is a family <laughs> show. Well, you definitely lit the mood there. <laughs> now I can think about that every time I think about that, but you know, lady, and I'll laugh instead. <laughs> well, I'm glad to help you out. Yeah. So has the new school year started for Eric yet? We started three weeks ago. Three weeks ago. Wow. We start a little earlier than public school, but I like to stay on a pretty good schedule. So you do 180 days a year. So we kind of start right at the 1st of August. He's doing very good. School's going very well this year. It was kind of tough getting back into the groove for all of us, but we really needed that summer break. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm out of school and not even really back to my job yet, but no, <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, so I've had a longer break than a lot of people, but I probably said this before, but I can't imagine the whole online school thing. Oh yes, we tried it very shortly. The actual Zoom school, yeah, did not work. <laughs> That's the good thing about homeschool—you can 
create your own curriculum out of anything. There's every kind of curriculum you can think of. Unschooling, where you spend a certain amount of time totally getting them out of the school mood, where you don't sit at a desk, you stay outside, and all this kind of stuff. There's something called like wild schooling, where you just stay in the forest all day. You have so many options when it comes to homeschooling. Wild schooling. Yeah. That's a new one for me. Yeah, it's actually a new thing I've just found, but it's this whole group. They just keep their kids in the forest all day long and let them explore whatever they want to do. Swim, look in the trees, the grass, let nature teach them, Mm -hmm. which I find very interesting. Complete hands-on schooling. They don't want their kids looking at a book. They want them to be able to actually touch what they're learning. Like, here's not a picture of a tree. Here's an actual tree. Go fill it. Go look at the roots, stuff like that, which is kind of what we do. I have a huge yard, so we go outside a lot. So anything like that, we pull up a weed and we look at the roots. Anything like that, no. We're doing a lot with marine life, and we're going to Florida next week. Yeah, you told me about that. Yeah, so we're going to uh, do a lot in the ocean, find us some good sea creatures and seaweed and all kinds of stuff. Hands-on activities. That's so, the best thing about homeschool. So you'll be on vacation, but you'll still be teaching him. Oh, yeah. That's the thing about homeschool. Even when you're not in school, you're still doing school. Mm-hmm. Every part of life is a teaching moment. Laundry, cooking, going on vacation. You never stop. I love it, though. Cool. Especially <laughs> when you're doing life skills. <laughs> life skills is very important if you're doing kind of like special needs homeschooling. My child needs to learn how to bathe himself, do laundry, cook use a microwave appropriately instead of learning how to do algebra, you know, things that he may not ever need to use. If he does get to that point, we'll learn it, but we need to learn how you take care of yourself, do these things safely. So that's our whole goal right now. Basic math, English writing, life skills. Basically our whole goal is to get him to be independent as an adult. Mm -hmm. So you start thinking about things you need to be able to do as an adult. You need to know how to pay bills. You need to know how to do laundry. You need to learn how to go grocery shopping, use the oven safely, eventually drive a car. So our whole goal is not to learn things that he's probably not ever going to use. He might get there if he does. We can advance up to it. But I want him to be able to take care of himself before he's more advanced in other educational things. Mm -hmm. I know that you're his teacher at this point, but... yes. When it comes to the actual school part of homeschool, Mm -hmm. how is he graded on that kind of stuff? I don't do grades and I don't do testing. Okay. I don't believe in testing. I don't think it's right. I go through a curriculum that I built. So if we're doing something like math and we're doing skip counting, which skip counting leads to money, skip counting leads to multiplication, then I know, oh, he knows how to skip count using fives or tens. And then I'm like, oh, we go from there. We can go to skip counting by 20. So I go off my own little curriculum that I write down and also keep in my head saying, oh, he's got this. And then we'll go back over it again later. Do you still have it? Yes, you do. Then we'll move on from that point because everything has a starting point and moves up. So eventually this skip counting, he'll be able to count all kinds of money and do multiplication eventually do anything so it's a lot of fun so 
you have your own curriculum. Yes. And it's not the same stuff that, that like the schools that, are that the kids are are learning in schools. It's a lot more need based for Eric. It is a lot more. But is the state okay with that? Oh yes. I mean, each state is very different with its homeschool laws. And because I live in the Bobble Belt in the state of Tennessee, it's very lax on its laws. It allows you to have complete control. So what I'm doing right now is called independent homeschool. And I actually register through the Department of Education. And all I'm required to do is 180 days a year, four hours a day, sign a calendar at the end of the year, submit it to them, and that's it. But the thing with independent homeschool is you still have to do state testing in fifth, seventh, and ninth. And Eric is not capable of doing state testing. I've already said I don't believe in testing. I think it's terrible. So you have the option of signing up with an umbrella school. And an umbrella school keeps you legal. And it's basically like a private school, but through homeschool. Mm -hmm. And you pay them a small fee. And they take attendance and they leave the curriculum up to you. They don't handle the curriculum at all, but you don't have to do state testing. And they give you a diploma when you're 18. So he'll get a legit diploma through an umbrella school. And I've actually been waiting to start the umbrella because I knew we were going to have to do it. I'm not going to allow him to do state testing. So all I have to do is the same thing I'm doing now, but just sign up with the umbrella instead of the Department of Education pay the fee, and do the same exact thing. And I know this is sort of left over from the first conversation that we had, but mm -hmm. these are sort of questions that I guess I had in my mind. Like, I don't really know anything about homeschool itself. I was on home instruction because I had surgery throughout high school. Those were not my parents teaching me, right? Those were real teachers. Yeah. And I was learning the same things the other kids were. But right. as far as, you know, a parent pulling her kid out of school and teaching him herself. I just find that fascinating in a way. It's actually great. If you want control over your child's education completely, homeschool is the only way to do that. You know, since I had the first conversation with you, I don't know if you've kept up with the show, but I've had a number of conversations with other educators mm -hmm. and I mean this in a good way, but everybody seems to have a different opinion. And of course, like every state has different laws and stuff, but yes. everybody seems to have a different opinion about it. And it's a learning experience for me that way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when it comes to the school, it's a struggle. It's a constant fight. No one's ever happy, especially when it comes to public school. Someone's always upset. Right. But it's not anything new when it comes to a parent of a child like Eric being upset because he was in a school with a lot of other kids that were autistic. And I, since I was in the cafeteria, I would see their moms and their moms would come in throwing a fit all the time, like talking to the vice principal. They're not getting enough. Something's not happening. So I was one of many parents that felt like public education just wasn't doing it. And if they had that option, they'll probably be homeschooling now, too. And they might be. I asked the direct question of one of the educators I had on, who's the wife of one of my best friends, actually. She educates very young children, but she's mm -hmm. done it for both special needs kids and mainstream kids. Right. And I said, what do you think the answer is as far as 
giving the special needs kids or whatever word you want to use the attention that they deserve because i know that for other educators such as yourself that's been the main issue yes and she said well it's all up to the educators themselves to have that background of knowing how to educate those children not just the Mm -hmm. mainstream kids and again Laws are different in every state. I don't see that as impossible across the board. It might be too late for some teachers. They might not have any knowledge of that. But the new ones coming in, I think maybe they should have knowledge of how to educate both. They should. And it's not fair to some teachers. And I've said that before. I'll say it again. If you're not specifically a special needs teacher... I don't feel like it's fair that you should have my special needs student in your class. If you wanted to do that, then you wouldn't went to school for it. I don't blame them. It's not Eric's fault. It's not the teacher's fault. They have so many students. I don't expect them to keep up with my child. It would be impossible. They don't have the resources, the time to spend as much time as Eric needs. When they have a classroom of 19, 20 other children that they're trying to keep up with. It's not the teacher's fault. And I think the only way to solve that would be to make sure that every teacher has a special needs background in their education. It's not the teacher's fault, but it is sort of their responsibility no matter what. It's very conflicting. Yeah. Because I still feel like, you know, as a teacher, you're supposed to teach every child. But it takes someone special to teach a child that needs extra work. Yeah. And you may not have that ability, you may not have the time, like I said, the resources. And it's not their fault. It's the school system. The school system should say, we need another class for these kids that need extra help. And there needs to be an aid per maybe two or three children. One teacher cannot handle that. No. It's not their fault. So this one just by chance had to do with disability, but I promised Nikki I'd give her the chance to rant. And that's what I did. I want to thank her for inspiring this week's show and thank everybody else for listening. Remember to join us on Facebook, Twitter, and Discord. Links will be in the description. And until next time, this is Nate Lurie saying, you don't always have to do a lot to inspire others.